0: If you're still finishing community you can do that but as we get ready to enter into this moment would you stand up as we read god's word together let's just show him honor isaiah chapter 9 verse 1 nevertheless the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed As when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. As in the day of Midian, for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. we oh, feel that? Holy Spirit's here. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this let's just pray for a moment let's invite him in he's already here but we just we want to give him everything Holy Spirit we know you're here where two or more are gathered it says you are here in your word we just welcome you in right now some of us for the first time ever We just welcome you in we just ask that you would speak lord your servant is listening some of you maybe it's been a long time and you've been away today he's speaking to you he's drawing near because guess what it says in his word if you draw near to him he'll draw near to you and some of you you chose to get up today and to draw near to him and i'm promising you this we know god you're coming through today you're drawing near to your people You got something for each and every person in here today. You got a word for them straight from your word and your word never returns void. So we just declare that today in this moment that we would be fertile soil ready to receive the seed of your word. That where there hasn't been peace that you would bring peace today because you're the prince of peace. You're the Lord of lords. You're the king of kings. You're righteous. You're worthy. You came and you broke the yoke of our oppressors. You brought freedom. Father God, we praise you and we thank you in this moment for the peace that you are restoring in this room, that you're restoring as we listen to your word, as we receive. This word straight from you. Father God, we bind every spirit that's not from you. No other spirit but the Holy Spirit is welcome here. And we pray that you would move and have your way in your people today. That our eyes and ears would be open and ready to receive. That our heart would be fertile soil for the seed of your word to be planted today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. I shared this last week. I want to show it to you again. We're talking about peace. He's the prince of peace. In Hebrew, the very earliest form, they call them word pictures. And so each letter in the Hebrew was a, a small picture of something that represented something. Today, for us, we've gotten a little more advanced. We have emojis, okay? Okay. Same concept. This is just what they were doing all the way back then. We think we're new. We think we figured out all these great things. Like, no, they've been doing this from the very beginning. These are word pictures. And so in the Hebrew, each letter had a significant meaning. And so this word for peace, shalom, as you look at it, each one, on the far right, they would read right to left. On the far right, on the far right destroy. Okay? It was like teeth. Authority, that's like the shepherd's cane. It's upside down there, but that's what it would represent, the shepherd's staff. And then you have this little like Y-looking one. That, that's an attach. It means attached. And the very end is chaos, and it, what it represented was waves. The water, the ocean, was a chaotic place. And so they made a little wave to represent the chaos there. And so when we talk about peace in Scripture... Peace is this, destroy the authority attached to chaos. Doesn't that change everything you've ever known about the word peace? Doesn't that change when we read about who Jesus is, about the child that came? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the one who came to destroy the authority of chaos. Some of you, you're here today, and you feel nothing but chaos. You've been living in chaos. You feel stretched. You feel pulled. You feel pulled in a million different directions, like your life is completely chaotic. And I'm telling you today, Jesus came just for you. He came to destroy the authority that's been causing chaos in your life. And if you will make him your authority, if you'll make him your Lord, your shepherd, guess what? He is going to destroy everything and anything that's been causing chaos in your life. Because what does it say? If you go on there, everlasting father, prince of peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So that means today, you're going to receive peace, but guess what? As you make him Lord and Savior, There is increase in his house. If you'll stay planted in the Father's house, if you'll stay under the Prince of Peace's lordship of your life, if you will walk in obedience to his word, to his voice, all the days of your life, you can expect, because it's a promise in his word, that there's going to be an increase of peace in your life. You're going to experience some of it today. You're going to get a taste. You've already gotten a taste. Just in worship, you have felt some chains break off. You felt some things break off you, some chaos break off your life. You escaped from everything you were worried about, everything you were running from, everything you were trying to get away from out in the world. You escaped from some of that and you felt relief because the Prince of Peace came in during that moment of worship. And you can feel him right now coming into your heart and saying, no, 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 you've been holding on to all this, you've been trying to do this on your own, but if you would just make me Lord, if you would just trust me with every inch of your life, I'm going to continually Bring an increase of peace in your life. That's the greatest gift he can give you. His presence brings peace. And that's what he's doing today. Isaiah 9, 4, it says this. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor. The prince of peace breaks the yoke. Isaiah 10, 27. Just flip, flip with me there to the very next page if you're in Scripture. We'll have it on the screen, too. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. There's a burden. Sometimes we feel that in this world. Sometimes we don't even know. Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so heavy? Why do I feel so weighted down? It's because you are walking with a burden on your shoulders that you were never meant to carry. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Some of you, you've been with us long enough, you you know, you've kind of picked up on this. When the Bible talks about oil, there is a direct connection to the Holy Spirit. Let me just show you one example. First Samuel 16, 12 through 13. This is David. Before he became king, he was a shepherd boy. And the prophet Samuel came looking to anoint the next king of Israel. First Samuel 16, 12 through 13. So he sent and brought him in. He was the last son, nobody even brought him, nobody even thought to invite him to this party with Samuel where he was going to anoint the next king. He was the last person anybody in that family thought would be the next king of Israel. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking and the Lord said, arise, this is what the Lord said to Samuel the prophet, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel tucked the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. When we see oil in the Old Testament, there is a direct connection to the Holy Spirit. And you can still see that in the New Testament. So when we read Isaiah 10, 27, and the yoke... It, maybe some of you, I'm guessing a lot of us aren't farmers. The, the yoke, it's what they would put across the back of the oxen, across their necks. They'd have a team of oxen, and they'd put this yoke across them. And this is how they would kind of control them. And it, it was a big, heavy piece of wood. And the reins would go through the yoke, and they would just have it. And that's just how they steered and controlled as they were plowing the fields or as they were having these oxen-carry wheelbarrows, whatever it was. And so there was this yoke that was well-known in that time physically. But spiritually, there's a yoke that we walk with in this world when we try to walk on our own, out of our own power, out of our own strength. And it weighs us down. It's heavy. But the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Why did Jesus come? That's why we're here. We're here today because Jesus came. We know that story. He came. He he was born in a manger. He was a baby. But why did he come? Why did he die on the cross? Why did he raise from the grave and leave again? The part where he left again, that, that part always just bothered me. As I remember being, I mean, I was probably fifth or sixth grade, and I was kind of wrestling, trying to figure out faith. And there was something in me that just kind of knew. I feel like there's a God. I keep hearing these stories. I feel like Jesus is real. I keep hearing more and more about him. But I just, I struggled because I couldn't see him. I struggled because I couldn't touch him. I struggled because I couldn't reach out and just, and just, I wanted something tangible in my Savior. And I was just struggling. I kept struggling and struggling all all throughout, middle school, high school. I just kept fighting this. I was like, I would just cry out in prayer. I would just be like, why can't I see you? If you would just show up, if you would just reveal yourself to me, if I could just hear your audible voice, then then I would know. Then I would know you're worth following. Then I would know you're worth giving my life to. Like, it, it sounds good. It sounds like it's probably true, but I just need to see you. And it always bothered me. I just always wondered, why do people say that it's better? that he left. Why does he say that? Why does he say it's better that I leave? But I didn't know about the oil. Nobody told me about the oil. They told me about salvation. They told me, just give your life to Jesus, and that way when you die someday, because we all die, you're going to go to heaven. Or if he comes back first, you're going to go to heaven. I wanted that. As a middle school kid who was getting in a, a little bit of trouble in my life, I was like, yeah, I probably need that. I probably need some salvation insurance because uh, I think I'm going to the other place right now. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I, I repent. Like, I, I'm sorry, Lord. I, I, you're, you're my Savior. The Lord part I still struggled with because I still wanted to live how I wanted to live. I wanted to live out of my own flesh. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to do what I felt like doing. But I also, in the back of my mind, I kind of knew. I was like, I, I feel like when I die in this world, That's just not the end. There's something beyond this. Because it says in Scripture, eternity is built in your heart. There's some of you today, you're here today because you know. I just know there's something beyond this. And there is. Eternity is built into us. We know that there's something beyond the veil. There's something beyond this world. And so I knew I I need insurance for that. But that was all it was to me. Because nobody ever told me or taught me about the oil. Nobody taught me about his presence. That I could receive the anointing, the same anointing that David received. John 16, verse 5. These are the words of Jesus. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. They felt it too. They were like, "Why, why would you leave? We don't want you to leave. Some of you in here, you're here today, and you're like, well, why can't you just, I just need you close. I need to see you. And he's saying, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The authority of chaos is judged. On the cross, he is judged and he stands condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come he will glorify me for he will take take of what is mine and declare it to you all things that the father has are mine therefore i said that he will take of mine and declare it to you it's better that jesus left so the helper can come the oil He's, he is the oil. He's the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing. So now we don't have Christ beside us. We have Christ in us. The Prince of Peace dwells within you. He is, his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, it is united with our spirit. In the Bible, it, it describes the human body. It, it says we are spirit, soul, and body. Three different parts, spirit, soul, and body. Our soul is our mind, it's our will, it's our emotions, our feelings. Our flesh, obviously, is the body. But then our spirit, our spirit's right in here. And it says in Scripture, Because he left, because he went, it's to our advantage because now we are temples of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He now chooses to dwell within you. It's to our advantage. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Our soul is the place where the devil comes to attack. Because guess what? He can't touch your spirit. If you are in Christ, he can't touch your spirit. Your spirit now belongs to him. That's the dwelling place, the heart of the temple, the holy of holies. But the enemy comes to attack our flesh and our soul. It says this, though. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He wants you to be righteous. That doesn't mean perfect. It it just means as he leads you and he guides you, you learn how to listen to his voice because he dwells within you, and he is whispering things within you right now. And he's telling you things. He's saying, "Just, just take this step of obedience and trust me, do what is righteous. To do what is righteous just means to do what God says is right. And so if you would just open up God's word, guess what? He's going to begin to show you and teach you about his righteousness. If you just ask the Holy Spirit today, teacher, helper, Holy Spirit, show me where to go in your word. Teach me how to walk in your steps. Lead me in your righteousness. He's going to begin to show you and convict you and lead you into steps following him, walking in righteousness. That's what he wants for your life. This isn't, oh, I have to do this. No, no, no. Guess what? You're saved. Because of the cross, you're saved. Salvation is set in stone. But now we walk in righteousness because there's a blessing in walking and doing what he says is right over what the world says is right. You can walk in the blessing or you can walk in the curse. It's a choice today. He leads me. If you'll listen to his voice. It says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. This is David who was anointed with the same Holy Spirit who dwells within us. David is sharing this. This is what the Holy Spirit was doing in his life. He was leading him in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. There's more and more oil. There's more and more of his presence. Some of you, you're here today. You're here today because at one time in your life, you felt the oil wash over you. You felt the Holy Spirit. You felt him, but you moved away and you said, that's okay. I just needed that one time. You you got washed in his presence. You got covered in the oil. His presence, the Holy Spirit, you felt it. You knew it. He spoke to you a long time ago. And some of you, you're back today because you know I've never been the same since. I've been trying to do it on my own, but I walked away from his presence. But guess what? You need to stay close to the shepherd to stay anointed with the oil. The further you walk, the oil begins to run dry when you try to walk on your own and do life on your own. But if you will walk with him, if you will listen to his voice and go where he tells you to go, not to the left or to the right, but to stay on the path that he leads you, he will continually anoint your head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For shepherds around that time, that's what this, that's what this passage is talking about. It's talking about shepherds. He's the good shepherd. For shepherds around that time, there were, when they were taking care of the sheep, there were all these different things that they had to do to take care of them, to watch over them. And one of the things that they did was they actually, they literally anointed the head of the sheep with oil. Because the oil would ward off flies and it would heal wounds. It would ward off flies and it would heal wounds. Flies speak of evil spirits. Don't don't get this wrong. We live in a spiritual world. We are spiritual people. There is an unseen realm that is more real than the realm that we are walking in. And there are spirits that come to steal, kill, and destroy what Jesus is trying to do in your life. And so the flies, they represent those evil spirits. They afflict members of his house, his family, his sons, his daughters. The wounds that the oil heals, the wounds come from experiences that we have in life. Trauma. Divorce, abuse, rape, molestation. But there's oil that he wants to anoint your head with today. There's oil he wants to, he's pouring out oil on some of you right now. Like there's some of you, I I can feel the oil going down my, I, I feel it. It's going down the back of my head, down my neck. He's pouring out oil on some of you right now. He's bringing healing. And it's warding off the enemy. He's moving. I don't even need to do anything. He's moving. And like some of you are just receiving. You're, you're receiving, some of you, for the very first time, in the presence of his Holy Spirit. He's just dropping on you. People need to be free. From the demons that continue to try to afflict, accuse, and tempt them. That try to take up a residence within you. They look at you and they see a house. They want to dwell within you. Jesus talks about this in scripture. Some of you, you need to be healed of the bitter experiences of your life. The people that have hurt you and harmed you the most. His oil wants to heal you today. To forgive and to release So you're not holding on to that bitterness anymore. Only the anointing of the Holy Spirit can do this work in our hearts. Flies, they would torture the sheep and they would drive them to distraction in the summer. There was one particular fly called a nose fly and it would want to deposit its eggs in the mucous membranes of the sheep's nose. The eggs would hatch and form larvae. They would work their way up the nasal passages into the sheep's head. They would burrow into the flesh, and they would set up an intense irritation and severe inflammation. For relief, sheep would beat their heads against trees, against rocks, against posts, or against other sheep. A sheep would even look to kill itself to gain relief from aggravation. It would run off a cliff, Because it was better to die than continue going on through this life with what was going on inside of its head, inside of its soul. There's some of us here today. That's where you're at. You're here today because you know, this is my last effort. This is my last ditch effort because I don't know where else to go. Because what's going on inside my brain, I don't even want to be here anymore. I don't want to live anymore. Because the enemy has gotten inside. But I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus that enemy is defeated and he's being cast out in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Your heads are being anointed with his oil with his presence today. Receive that today. If you need that today, just receive it. Just say just say a little prayer right now. Say just say Jesus, please give me the oil. Bring healing. Bring that healing right now. I need it. I need relief from every enemy that's been afflicting me. That's been attacking me. The enemy is cut off today. At the first sign of flies, the shepherd applies the antidote to their heads, the oil. And there is immediate change in the sheep's behavior. There's no more frenzy. There's no more irritability. There's no more restlessness. There's no more just trying to beat its head against anything it can find. Instead, they would feed quietly again, and they would lie down, In peaceful contentment, there must be a continuous and renewed application of oil to keep the flies out of our lives. That's why we talk about this so much. You need to get planted in his house. If you're not planted in his house, guess what? You are distancing yourself. You are wandering astray. You're going off on your own away from the shepherd, and the shepherd is the only one who can apply the oil. It's him. That's why we come and we gather every week, and we don't stop, and we're not going to stop until he comes back or until we leave this world. We're going to gather every week. I don't care if COVID-100 comes out. We ain't going to stop gathering. We're not. Because guess what? We need the oil more than we need anything else in this world. More than anything else this world can offer, we need the oil. And the shepherd is going to apply the oil. He's applying it right now. That's what we need. That's what this house needs. And so if you're not planted in a house, you need to get planted. And maybe you've traveled, maybe you're visiting family, and I'm telling you what, you need to find a house. If you're not planted in a house wherever you came from today, whatever your home is, come find one of your pastors today that are here. Come find one of these people. Come find somebody. We'll help you find a house wherever you live. We'll help you find a church where you can get planted and you can be under the care of the good shepherd and your head can be anointed with his oil. You got to stay present with him because there is healing in his presence and his oil keeps the demons at bay. They don't want to come near that oil. There's healing here. Yeah. Yeah, today's the day to come back to the shepherd. There's no shame. There's no condemnation, there's no guilt. This is just a day that you can come back into the presence of the shepherd and you can just ask him, Father, Lord, just please anoint my head with oil. I want your presence. I want your presence more than anything in this world. John 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I, Jesus, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and go out and find pasture. Jesus is, he's the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the door for the sheep. The thief, does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have life more abundantly. That was the other thing. I didn't didn't understand about staying close to the shepherd and walking with the shepherd and being anointed in his presence by the oil of the shepherd. I just wanted salvation, but I was missing out on life abundantly. And the more I kept trying to do my life on my own, on my terms, the way I wanted, there was no peace. There was no prosperity. It was chaos, and it was hiding. Because the more you try to live on your own, the the more the Holy Spirit, especially if you've come into contact with the Holy Spirit, if you've come into contact with Jesus and his voice, you know conviction comes. And so the more I kept trying to do life on my own, the more I felt that conviction, and I knew I needed to quiet that voice because I didn't want to live under that anymore. And so I, I just tried to walk away from the shepherd and to get as far away as I could. But the more I did that, I didn't realize I was was leaving the Prince of Peace because everything I kept doing, I knew it was wrong and I kept trying to hide it and and bury it and and I I wouldn't bring him in on it to start to walk in his ways. And the more I hid it, the more secrets I built up in my life, the more anxious I felt The more worried I felt, the less peace I felt in my life, the more chaos I experienced. In the Greek, the word for anxiety, it's to break into pieces, to fall into pieces, to be pulled into pieces. That is what anxiety does. That's what life away from the shepherd, that's what it leads us to. Some of you are here today, and all you felt this entire month of December is anxiety. You felt pulled into pieces. You felt broken into pieces. You've had moment after moment where you feel like, I I don't even know. I can't even go on another day. I just want to sleep. I just want to rest. But what you need, what you need is the Prince of Peace, because he destroys the authority of chaos, and he brings everything back into wholeness, because that's what peace is. Peace in the Greek means wholeness, completeness. It's where your spirit, your soul, and your body—they come into alignment. Too often, we let our body, we let our flesh lead. But in our spirit, we know what our flesh is doing, what our flesh is craving. If we let it lead, we know it's wrong in our spirit because the Holy Spirit convicts us. Or sometimes we let our soul lead. There's things that we want or we feel, and we're like, I, I want to, I want to do this, or I, I I don't feel like doing this. I, I don't feel like going to church today. And so we let our soul lead, and we begin to get stretched apart, our soul and our flesh and our spirit. But if we would begin to listen to the Holy Spirit within us, it would begin to bring all three into unity, into completeness, into wholeness, into peace. And he, guess what? What did it say in Isaiah? He will continue to increase peace in your life. That's what he wants to do. So what you've been feeling, the anxiety and the tearing to pieces, that's not what he wants for your life. He's bringing you to wholeness today. He's bringing you into peace. If you will accept him, if you'll say, Lord, your ways are better than my ways. I want to walk with the shepherd, anoint my head with the oil. I want your presence flowing. He's good. Yeah, there's some of you, you don't even feel like you're yourself anymore. You know who you were. You know who he called you to be, but somewhere along the way, you quieted that voice in your life of his spirit. And you just said, no, I'm good on my own. I know, I, I know I'll see you when eternity comes. I know I'm saved. It's not a salvation issue. It's an obedience issue. And as we begin to walk in disobedience, we begin to lose our identity and who he's called us to be. And there's some of you in here today, that's where you're at. You're not even quite confident in who you are. You're not even sure. You're talking to people, but it's it's not even you. And you're just trying to put on this face, and you're trying to smile, and you're trying to do all these things. And and you just want people to think you're all right, but you're not all right. And let me tell you something. It's okay to just say, I'm not all right. If you would just say it, if you would just bring it into the light today, guess what? He's going to heal you. He can't heal what you choose to hide. But if you'll bring it out into the light today, he's gonna heal you. And he's gonna make you whole. He's gonna bring you to completeness, to wholeness, to peace, to shalom. Yeah, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am the good shepherd, verse 11. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. He's just in it for the money. I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep and the other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. There's an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he uses two weapons, shame and guilt, to separate us from the shepherd to keep us from the oil, from the one who anoints our heads with oil. Look at this Hebrew word for shame. Shame, the basic meaning in Hebrew, I'll just go with that basic little bold outline for you, what it comes down to, all these little pictures, what they mean, what comes from all chaos. Shame is connected to the chaos. Now go to sin and guilt. Sin and guilt is... When you break it down, when you use these Hebrew emojis, it's the fire of chaos. He uses shame and guilt to try to separate us from the one who wants to heal us. Some of you, you're here today because religion has only taught you shame and guilt. And nobody ever told you about the oil. Nobody ever told you about the healing presence of the oil and the freedom when you begin to walk anointed from your head to your toe, from your toes to your head, your entire body anointed with his presence. When you begin to walk in it, all of a sudden you begin to want to walk in obedience to his voice and what his word says, not because you have to. Somebody told you you have to do this. You have to do all these things to be saved. You have to do all these things if you want to go to heaven today. No, 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 Jesus already did that on the cross now. Now it's about life abundantly, and now it's about the blessing and not the curse, and you get to choose today who you're going to follow. You get to choose today to hand your life over to the prince of peace, the prince who destroys the authority of chaos in your life, the authority of chaos, of shame, and of guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more guilt. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Woo, that's good. You can say amen on that, church. There you go. We're, we, we interact here with God's Word. So if you want to say amen, if you want to clap, if you want to get excited, you can get, get excited. Come into an agreement with what God's Word is saying today. No, no, no. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. We listen to His voice. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son as a little baby. Here we go. There's a Christmas story right here. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, their souls, on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, if you'll stop listening to your soul, if you'll stop listening to your feelings and your emotions, but if you'll begin to listen to the Spirit within you, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, sometimes it's going to feel unnatural in the beginning. But as you begin to do it and you begin to walk in obedience, you begin to see the blessing of obedience and His hand on your life, and all of a sudden it becomes easier and easier to step in, to obedience to the voice of the Spirit instead of your soul, instead of your mind. Because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, it's enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. There's a lot of religious people who are in the flesh, and they're just trying to please God out of their own power. And they just try to do a lot of good things, a lot of religious things to please God. That's not how we walk. We walk by the Spirit. And we listen to the Spirit's voice, and we walk in freedom because of the oil, and it is flowing. But you are not in the flesh, verse 9, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, which He does. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, He is not His. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You can invite him in today to make your body, to make your temple his temple, that it would be a dwelling place for him. There's another Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word for name. That's how they would refer to the name, his name. They weren't, when he revealed his name to Moses, nobody spoke that name, Yahweh. And so when they would talk about him, they would just talk about the name and it referenced Yahweh. The name in the Hebrew letters Once again, I love this. Like their language, this this is God's original language right here. It's beautiful. His name destroys chaos. Just by the power of his name. Just start to say, just start to declare Jesus in your life. Just start to say it in your life. And it will destroy chaos. Everything that's been holding you down, everything that's been pulling you apart into pieces, just begin to declare Jesus the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings over your life, and it's gonna begin to destroy the chaos in your life because chaos bows at the name of Jesus. It has no power or authority over his name. His name is the name of names. It's above all names. Worship team, I wanna invite you up as we get ready to close. Just his name destroys the chaos The oil breaks the yoke. His Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus, that raised the name from the grave, it now dwells within us. And now the oil breaks the yoke. It starts with one simple step of obedience. Some of you today, it might be the first time, we're we're gonna have, we have a ministry team and they're gonna be up here on the side, over here on the side. This might be the very first time in your life where you have felt the Holy Spirit moving and speaking, and you need to do something about it. I'm telling you, you need to go to somebody, and you need to declare it out loud. You need to say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. That's all you got to do today. When you find one of our ministry team members, ministry team members, you can start moving to these areas over here as we get ready to jump into worship. But uh, you, you can find one of them. You can find me. I'm going to be up here near the front. But just come up and tell somebody, I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. It starts with confession. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart. Confess his name today and ask him, Lord just, Lord Jesus, I just pray, I ask you, please break the authority of chaos off in my life. Just break the authority of chaos off in my life. I want you, I want the Prince of Peace. I want the Lord of lords. The oil breaks the yoke. Man. All right, I thought I was done teaching Hebrew. I'm gonna teach you one more word. Repent. Repent, sometimes we say this, we say this word, and sometimes people get offended or they get hurt by it. Repentance is a beautiful thing. Sometimes we say it in this judgmental day, like, you need to repent, you need to repent. No, 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 we should be saying it in this, man, this like, this celebratory, I mean, just excited, like, Repent. It's not a four-letter word. We've made it out to be a four-letter word. We don't even like to talk about repentance anymore. But I'm telling you, it's one of the most beautiful things. And it's a beautiful word picture. Because all it means is this. It means destroy the house. Destroy the old house. If your body is a temple, if your body is a house, you need to destroy the old house. And you need to be raised new with Christ. Because he's building a new house. And it's a house of peace. It's not a house of worry. It's not a house of anxiety. It's not a house of sin. It's not a house of the devil anymore. No, 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 It's a house of peace where the Prince of Peace dwells. And so all we're doing when we repent, that's what you get to do today. If you want to find somebody and you want to make this declaration over your life, just go up to somebody and say, oh, I want to burn the old house in the name of Jesus. I want him to build me a new house, a new temple. That's what he's going to do for you today. Everything that's been broken, everything that's been wrong, everything that's been hurt, He's gonna restore to you. He's gonna heal within you if you would just hand Him the keys and say, Burn it all down. Burn it all down. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do right now. You feel, some of you, you're feeling fire within you right now. You feel fire within your heart. That's what He's doing. He's burning the old house. All of your desires are gonna change in a moment. Suddenly, they're gonna change. Steph read that passage from Luke 2 and it says and suddenly suddenly it's going to happen just like that that's what happened and suddenly the savior of the world the prince of peace stepped into the world suddenly everything changed it could happen for you today You might be in poverty, you might be in brokenness, you might be in a relationship that's abusive and harmful and it's hurting you, but guess what? Suddenly, it can change today. He can burn the old house down and he'll build you a new house, he'll build you a better house. Some of you, you're filled with sickness right now and you you feel that, you feel it in your body and you feel the enemy. you feel the chaos welling up inside of you and we rebuke that chaos in the name of Jesus because guess what? That chaos has to leave at the name of Jesus. It says that in his word. Sickness is leaving today in the name of Jesus. Cancer is leaving today in the name of Jesus. You're going to walk in the blessing and not the curse. You're going to walk with the good shepherd all the days of your life. If you'll stay planted in your house, in his house, guess what? He's going to anoint your head with oil all the days of your life. Stay close to the shepherd because he's got more and more oil to pour out on you. A greater measure. Some of you, that's what you need today. You just need a greater measure of oil. You need more of His presence because you've been away. You know Him, you've given your life to Him at one point or another, but you just need to tell somebody, I, I just need a fresh filling. I need a fresh anointing of His presence, His oil on my life. The oil breaks the yoke. Repentance, and it's not about shame or guilt. Shame and guilt are chaos. Chaos is from the enemy. Jesus came so that you can have life and life to the full. And it's going to happen suddenly. Luke 2, verse 13, And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what he came to do. Suddenly he came into the world, and worship broke out. The heavens declare glory to God in the highest. Would you stand up as we get ready to worship here today? This is why we worship. We, we worship, it's it's warfare. It's a declaration of who our king is, who we serve, and who we follow. It's a declaration of the king, the prince of peace, that came to destroy chaos. And so we give glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. John 16:33 These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation. You'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Who lives in you, the same spirit of Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, the same spirit that overcame the world. He lives within you. He brings peace. He brings the same authority in your life over the chaos of the winds and the waves, of everything that comes to attack you, to attack your peace. Luke 11. It's Christmas time. Some of you guys, you need a gift today. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And who he who, he, he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Ask and receive today. Here's what's going to happen, because it happens every Sunday. We're going to step into this moment of worship, and you're going to say, I... I don't want to move forward. I I don't want to look weird. I, I I don't want to be the first to move. I don't want to ask for prayer. I don't want to